The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my brand new podcast, That One Time at Bandcamp. If you know who I am, you've probably listened to one of the other podcasts I co-host, History Creeps, Out of the Shadows, Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Well, unlike those shows, on this one, I'm flying solo as the host, and I'm finally going to do a show that focuses on my truest of loves, music. Now, if you've listened to me before, I'm sure you've heard me talk about Bandcamp at one point or another. But if you don't know what it is, Bandcamp is a website that provides a platform for musicians to sell their music and merch to fans directly, for a small fee, of course. Well, it's definitely smaller than many of the distribution deals you see at huge record companies. Anyway, I'm one of those music lovers that will devour every piece of material a musician puts out once I find that I like their stuff. And Bandcamp is a site where I love to discover new artists and music. So it only felt natural to do a podcast about music that I find and share it with anyone who wants to listen. Hopefully, it'll turn you on to your new favorite artist. So on this very first episode, I had the chance to sit down and speak with Scotty Saints of Scotty Saints and the True Believers. Now, I actually discovered Scotty through listening to my buddy Trev's podcast, The Struggling Artist, which, by the way, everybody should be listening to. He gets some really great guests, and they have some amazing, insightful conversations. Anyway, on that episode, Scotty discussed a benefit compilation album he was promoting called Punk with a Purpose. Uh, Also, side note... I totally keep calling it punk for a purpose on this episode, and I seriously debated going through and recording over it to fix it, but, you know, I'm owning it, so just know the album's called Punk With A Purpose. Anyway, after listening to the comp and all of his other stuff, and then seeing some of the other things he had going on, I knew I wanted to have him on to kick off this new podcast. So, without further ado, here is that one time at Bandcamp, episode one, that one time with Scotty Saints. say port both portland's uh, i really liked portland maine and and oregon really really enjoyed both yeah it's a great area nice um okay so out in portland maine is that where you're from you were born there no i was actually born and raised in pennsylvania okay pa and uh getting into music like when when were you getting into music how old were you when you were getting into like starting bands playing music when i was really starting um I mean, I've played regular, you know, regularly since um, 1995, but um, I really got interested and really started diving into it when I was like 12. So that was, oh my God, I got to do math now in my head. <laughs> so 79, 80, so 91 was really when I started, you know, pushing it. Okay. And playing guitar, was that your first instrument? Yeah. Well, I played trumpet before. And um, so I played that for like a year before I got into playing guitar. So I started playing guitar when I was 10. Um, 1989 and um, by 91 I was good enough to get in trouble so that's when I started um, you know played in the jazz band in school and middle school high school and you know met other guys and you know started forming rock and roll bands out of that that's awesome Uh, it feels so you said trumpet was your first one yes 
is was that because like it was a school thing they said hey you're gonna have band class now you got to pick an instrument yeah i mean and everybody goes for drums first and then they try <laughs> to steer you away from drums you know what i mean oh dude so, that's good uh, yeah yeah, I was going to say that was my experience as well. I remember being in school and it was time to pick instruments. And I said, I want to learn the drums. And they said, yes. yeah, we're not doing drums in this, in this band. You know, it's all wind instruments or, or this and that. Right. So I picked sax. That was my first instrument. Yeah, I kind of got stuck on the brass instruments because I could actually make a sound on the mouthpiece. So okay. <laughs> that's kind of how they did it. If you could make a sound on the mouthpiece, then you were brass. If you couldn't, then they put you on woodwinds. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't think I ever tried the mouthpiece thing. I, it, it was just straight because it was like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I guess I'll do sax. And I don't know why I said sax, but I hated it. I remember just like not wanting to practice. You know? Yeah, yeah. I guess out of all of them, drums and saxophone are like supposed to be like the cool instruments. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, honestly, I wanted to play guitar too because I grew up, my dad played guitar. You know what I mean? So I remember growing up watching him play and wanting to play. It wasn't until I was 16 I said, hey, can you teach me guitar? Um, so for you, when you picked up guitar, did you, was it someone else like you saw? You're like, oh, can you teach me or did you take lessons or how'd that work out? Teach yourself? I, mean, I, I had an older brother that, you know, was into metal and stuff like that. So my first introductions to music, like my first, cassette i ever owned was the top gun soundtrack because i mean come on that kenny Loggins song dude dude i had that i had that cassette man i had yes. that cassette berlin exactly so you know i had that but from there like my second cassette because of my older brother i had um british steel by judas priest okay and then yeah. into um the second one the the other one that i got was um oh my god power slave iron maiden very those nice. were those were my first cassettes and then from there um metallica and then uh from metallica I, I learned about the misfits which then got me into the punk rock with like the misfits sex pistols uh and then you know obviously at that point um then you had 1994 explosion so that's when oh, I yeah. spring uh, all the other bands and that's kind of where i kind of fell in love with the genre Nice, nice. Rock for me. I remember growing up listening to my parents' stuff. So they had the Stones, they had the Beatles. My dad, that's yeah. huge Beatles fan, Zeppelin. But my mom was into like that punk too. So she had the Clash, she had the Ramones, you know, she oh, had these sorry. albums. And that's what I was, I listened to those. So I was familiar with punk. But I remember in the 90s getting into grunge, really big into grunge. Like that was my music now, right? Like Nirvana's right. my band, Pearl Jam. These bands were awesome. And I remember working with a guy when I was 16 who was just like, hey, have you ever heard of these guys? And he gave me a Pennywise album. And I was just like, oh, yeah, what is this? And he comes in the next day with this big bruise on his face. I was like, what the hell? He told me he went to the show and he just uh, took a boot to the face. And I remember being young and just thinking to myself, two things. It sounded exciting and like, I want to be a part of that. But it sounded yeah. scary as hell. And I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Like, <laughs> right. what is happening? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so, so you got into punk at that early age coming out of metal, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Were you playing punk? Like when you're listening to those where you're like, I want to do this. I want, let me play that. Just pick it up fast. What got me was, uh, you know, priest and iron maiden that really wanted, you know, that got me wanting to learn guitar because ah, yeah. you get into that, you get into that mentality and then you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, punk rock, whatever you think three chords, like, you know, you get brainwashed into that. Oh, I mean, that was so the saying. Yeah. That was what they told you. They're like, Oh, that that's not talent. That's only a couple right. chords and fast. That's all you have to do. Exactly. So, and when your first introductions, like the pistols and the misfits, like, obviously you're not hearing like, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Like they're not known for their guitar mastery, if you will. <laughs> right. Right. But, like I, I will tell you that after playing for, you know, I'm 42, I've been playing for, you know, 
geez, um, 32 years of my life I've been playing guitar. And I can sit back and listen to Steve Jones now on that Nevermind the Bullocks album. Mm-hmm. He's way better than that guy gets credit for. Way yeah, oh, better. yeah. I got to tell you, see, that's the thing that, you know, punk gets flack for that. It gets the flack yeah. for that. Oh, it's super simple. There's not much talent to it. But for me, I, I I would argue against that because what I feel punk is doing, like like rock does this and rock has a swagger to it. It brings the attitude, right? But punk brings the attitude, but it also kind of brings the the piss and vinegar of youth, right? And it just yes. kind of says like, like F the establishment and we're going for right. it. And I don't care what you think. And so there's... You can't fake that. You have to. You have to kind of have that in you, and and there's a, there's 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 talent in being able to express it, and and having other people relate. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because I mean, you listen to the Clash now; they're musically incredible. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and the thing that you're talking about is like you know, for our age range and what we grew up on. Okay, so you had your rock and roll and your metal, and of course, that was the behaving badly you know, crashing, you know, smashing hotel rooms up and stuff like that. Worshiping Satan. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, and then to find out that, you know, Tom Araya from Slayer is like a devout Catholic, like mind blown. Right, right, right. (laughs) You find out that these guys are normal guys with families and they get off tour and they go home. Satan is only marketing for these guys. You know what I mean? Like Motley Crue. Yeah. Pentagrams on the double kick drums. Like, they don't. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, but that's you know that was. I, but then, like, punk rock was just a, a straight up, flat out fuck you. Yeah, and and it, was, and it brought an energy to it, and it was that energy that really drove me to punk rock. You know, you don't really get that in a lot of a lot of the bands. Um, you know, a lot of the rock bands, especially the modern ones, you don't yeah. get that energy. You know, there, no, there's a right. certain there's. So that's Yo. what drew me was the energy. For sure. It, same here. It was that kind of just hard, fast energy. Uh, also, I was skateboarding at the time. So it was like oh, when yeah. I started skateboarding more and I was out with my friends, you'd go to the skate parks and that's what you'd hear. You'd just hear that's yes. all you heard or metal, just heavy metal. Um, and then hip hop was coming around. You know, I remember when the Wu-Tang Clan was, was first coming out. We were hearing yeah. that everywhere, you know, uh, but but punk for me was always this kind of it always to me, I equate it with youth. And I think that's oh, yeah. why I still love it because I, I remember growing up and, and getting to an age where I realized like, I feel like everybody else is young inside, even though they're getting older. Like we're all the same kind of looking out at the world thinking, I don't feel like my body. I don't feel this old. Yeah. Right. So listening to punk even nowadays, like it, it just, it brings that back in me. And um, I just came back to punk, man. I, you know, I, I kind of went away from it. it. Was wasn't really listening to anything new recently. If I was listening to anything, it was stuff I listened to back in the day. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I came back around on Bandcamp um, it, when that first came out. I was a huge fan of yeah. Bandcamp. I'd go in and just look for new stuff. I prided myself on being the guy that came to school with a CD of all these different bands, saying, "You got to check these guys out. You're gonna these are gonna be the next big thing." Right. Right. So Bandcamp, I just kind of came back to it about a year and a half ago, doing the same thing, checking in the music, listening. So I was always toying around with this idea for a show. Uh, so I decided to do it. Bandcamp, as a musician, what are your feelings? Like, what do you think of? Because uh, I remember thinking, like, when that first came out, I was like, man, like, direct to the consumer, right? Cut out the middleman. This is what artists have been looking for. Uh, right. It feels like that. Is that that kind of thing? Or you're just like, eh, it it's is. still kind of I part mean, of the machine. So I'm a little jaded in some ways. So, um, I actually have an education in music business. Oh, okay. And 
I got that education as Napster was exploding, which completely made my degree null and void. I remember so, that. In terms of that, but um, it seems like what first happened was SoundCloud came out. Yeah. And then Bandcamp came out after SoundCloud and actually made, it took what SoundCloud did and made it better and actually was able to monetize it where you didn't have that option as much. So it seems like hip hop has leaned more towards and stayed on SoundCloud, whereas rock and roll has gravitated to Bandcamp. Right. Um, I, I like it. Um, there's, there's a lot of really good things that it's doing and it's allowing you to get your music out there. Whereas you don't have to have that distribution from a bigger entity. Right. Um, that's, and that is a plus with any streaming, you know what I mean? Because you can actually get it out there and get it to, you know, the, the people who would hopefully like it and listen, uh, band camp, it seems to be really popular amongst people in bands and people that kind of know who are kind of more industry type people. Um, whereas you have the general public still doing your streaming services. You're still your Apple music, your Spotify and stuff like that. Um, what I want to do is I want to get people more aware of Bandcamp and what it does, because then streaming service, you're paying your nine 99 a month. You're listening to it. Okay, cool. But you don't own it. Right. Bandcamp still download it. You can own it. You can burn it to a CD. You can do whatever with it um, you can still you can loop it into your itunes so i mean you can still own something which is what's cool which, about it which is nice right because a lot of these streaming services i think there's this like tiny writing in there that kind of says you know even though you download it or you have it you don't own it even movies you buy something on prime yeah. and you download it you save it but at some point if they decide we're not carrying it on prime anymore you don't have it anymore you just lost that money Exactly. Uh, and you exactly. lost that subscription money now that, that, you know, the artist decides they don't want to be on Spotify anymore. You don't have that. Yeah, I do like that. The other thing I like about Bandcamp is it gives you the option at digital. So you have it immediate. But man, for somebody like me who loves to collect vinyl or I've seen this coming back now, cassettes. Yes. Cassettes are coming back, dude. I was thinking to myself, like, this is amazing. I was like, I love, I was one of these guys that made mixtapes all the time and decorated the little L, you know, the, the J cards and everything on them, man. Yeah. Um, so that to me is a big draw with Bandcamp is the, the kind of direct to the artist thing. You get your right. music right away. You can preview it and listen to it. Kind of like when you used to go into the record store and, and put the headphones on and listen to what they had, buy it. And then if you want that physical, you can get, you, a lot of bands are offering CDs, vinyl mm -hmm. and cassettes. Um, right. And on your side of it, that's what you've got. Are you offering cassettes? I know you're offering you're offering vinyl. Uh, yet, I'm going to, um, it's it's kind of um, in terms of my band. Um, I'm going to be releasing vinyl. Um, I I have a CD release scheduled. It's going to happen October fifteenth. But I was going to do a pre-sale for the vinyl, but because of the plague. And because everybody's playing shows now and releasing records, mm. you're looking at at least a six month wait. So you'd have to do your pre-sale, run it for however long until you hit your quota. Yeah. And then it's six months out from that. Uh, so I'm not at the point where I'm going to offer the vinyl and do a pre-sale for vinyl yet, because I mean, maybe, I mean, Trev said he'd wait six months, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know very many people that would be willing to wait, you know, that, okay, you buy it, you get the digital and then you're waiting six months for the physical release. Yeah. I don't know many people that are going to do that. So I would much rather wait, do my actual release now, um, probably you know, do some CDs, like a, a minimal like CD run. Uh, and then do a 
vinyl release specific to it later when things calm down. Um, cassette is something that I thought about. Ironically enough, the band I was in in Pennsylvania before I moved to Maine, we did a cassette release in 2012. Oh, what's this band? What was the name of the band? That was the Saints of Sorrow. Okay. the Saint- Oh, and I like we, that name. Yeah, we did a, um, that's kind of where the Scotty Saints stage name came from. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, we did a, we did a cassette release, uh, cassette EP, and we recorded it and mastered it specifically for cassette. And we did that back in 2012. So, you know, there's that whole, you know, maybe I was a little ahead on that one. Yeah. So, but you come you from know. the era, man. You come from the era where you owned it. You held that thing. Right. You you sat there and pulled it out of your 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 tape deck and went, "Shit, give me a pencil. Yeah. I gotta I gotta wind this back together." You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, we did that. I mean, we even were you know running around to drugstores because we saw like the Rite Aid before they were bought out by Walgreens. Rite Aid still had the little like twenty dollar Walkmans. Oh, so we awesome. were we were looking around. We were actually going to pick up some of those and sell those at the merch table too. To <laughs> listen to it because nobody had a tape deck anymore. Yeah, right. That's the other side of it. Like they're putting out tapes now. I get they just have to put cassette uh, players out again. Yeah. Um. So okay. So when you're talking about releasing a CD, are you talking? Is this a new album you're working on, or is this the Damage yes. Hearts record? Okay, new no, album this, you got. Yeah, this is a um, a brand new record that the band is putting out that we're going to awesome. be releasing um, October fifteenth. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Works like it's I'm kind of a glutton for punishment because we released the, you know our e, the Damage Heart EP, uh, and we released that in 2020 last year, and we weren't able to go out and play shows in support of it. But I did have a lineup change, uh, a okay. very, um, yeah, a long story on the lineup change. But we had a lineup change, so I ended up. Um, we're just we're doing a whole new record. Gotcha. And then I'm also due to the lineup change. Like my first record that I put out with the True Believers, it was just the bass player and I going in. Um, it was a, a side project, if you will, and um, the dr- the bass player played drums and bass on the record, and then did the guitar and vocals and everything. So that's what became Better Days. Okay. And um, then we got our drummer Shad on board. So then we did the Damaged Hardy P. So, and then that bass player had to go for multiple reasons. <laughs> and uh, so I figured, hell with it. Like, we're going to do a brand new record. And I think I'm actually going to go with the new lineup and re record the old ones too. And then put the two EPs together. So I'm going to do um, a brand new release with all new music. And then I'm going to do a re-release of the two EPs as one record. Nice. So I'm going to do a re-release for that. And then I'm probably going to offer that on vinyl as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, better days. I was playing that on the way back from Long Island. So we were driving back from Long Island, had four guys in the car with me. And so we we're just all kind of throwing music out and I'm like, give me something to play. Cause I love finding new stuff. I really do. Uh, so that's, that's why when I heard your stuff, Trev was like, you got to check it out. You're going to like it. I'm like, okay, let me give it a shot. Boom. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, no, really. I, I, it's like I said, when I put this stuff on, it just brings me, I feel like I, I look at my wife and I go, I want to skateboard again. She goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. But it, yeah. there's this thing that I'm like, I know I'm an idiot cause I don't want to be hurt, but there's this, when I hear music like that, or when it brings me back to my youth, there's this kind of urge to go skin my knees or just kind of yeah. feel a little bit of pain. You know, there's something about it. Yeah. Um, COVID man, COVID hit, right? When COVID hits, you're looking at bands and musicians across the world, really going, Oh shit, what do we do? Right. Cause for a lot of you guys, touring 
just being out there with the people, that's how you're going to make your money, right? You got to you get right. merch. You got to get them to buy your album, get them to fall in love with you, get some new fans. COVID hits. Are you thinking this is the end? Are you just like, oh, like, what the hell? What am I going to do now? Go clean toilets. Well, I knew I was going to, I'm a glutton for punishment. And, you know, at, at 42 years old, you know, if I'm still doing it, I'm going to do it until I can no longer do it. And I'm like, maybe I have a massive cardiac on stage. That's just, I'm a lifer. That's, that's yeah. the end of it. So I knew that I, I knew that I was going to do it coming out of this, which is why I made it a point to stay extremely busy and extremely visible during the pandemic. So I upped my social media game and I did a couple, um, you know, Facebook lives, acoustic, and then I got the band together when it was a little more, able to be done. Yeah. Um, and then we, um, we did, um, like last Thanksgiving, we, uh, right around that time we did a, a live set, uh, via Facebook and then we just did one. Yeah. A punk rock pajama party. We just did that. Like, oh, nice. Like, a half ago. Is that saved yeah. anywhere? Is that on YouTube or can anybody go back it's, and look at it? You can go on the Facebook page and awesome. it's, it's there. And there's some videos that were ripped and on YouTube. So if you hit on YouTube, you'll see one. So not only staying busy, right? Doing your pajama yeah. party, you're starting record labels. Yeah. that I Okay. So I will say this. <laughs> starting a record label is the worst thing. <laughs> and my business model for this record label is the worst business plan that anybody has ever come up with in their entire life. Um, I'm lucky enough that I make a decent amount of money with what I do at work um, and I'm comfortable. Yeah. So this record label is not for me to make any money off of, you know what I mean? Okay. I, I want to set it up. So it, again, worst business model you could ever incorporate, but you grew up on the same type of music I did. Yeah. And melodic punk rock does not really have a home. Not really, There's no. not. So, I mean, you have the bands that were around. You still have Lagwagon on Fat Wreck. You still have all of those bands. Yeah, Face to Face. And you still have, you know, Bad Religion on Epitaph and a couple bands like that. But they haven't introduced a new melodic punk rock band, really, uh, in the last 20 years. Right. That means you're banking on, on the, the moneymaker. You already know it works. You're keeping them yes. on and you're right. It's not kind of all in one record label there. There you have your melodic ones all a part of, of, you know, a roster that is the spans, the, the, the different genres that come into punk really. Right, exactly. So because of my love of melodic punk rock and what I grew up with, I wanted a landing area gotcha. where you go. And then, you know, like the heyday of fat and epitaph, you know, where, or even side one dummy and those labels where you could go and you knew when fat wreck put out this new record from like our, you know, this new band, yeah, you knew that, you, you know, it had a thing and you knew that you were 90% going to love it. Yeah. 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 And that's what I want to do with this label. You know, I want people that, you know, are fans of my band to discover the other bands on the label and like them. I want the other bands to discover my band and all the other bands that I have on the label. And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, put it together in, in such a way that each band has their own individual thing, mm -hmm. but it's still melodic punk rock. And I know that my fans are going to love their bands. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been following you on social and I've noticed that uh, it almost feels like every week you're announcing a new band. 
Yes. Yeah. I'm introducing, um, I have six plus my own on the label now, which is where I think I'm going to sit for a while. Okay. Because I, I want to be able to actually work with these bands and, you know, do something. Um, but yeah, each week, you know, until, you know, I mean, you know, it's probably going to take me, you know, close to the time where I'm announcing any new releases that we're actually going to put out. Um, but I'm going to introduce each band every week gotcha. so that people get to know the bands and why they were working with me. I don't say I signed these bands because I didn't sign them. I'm not throwing ass loads of money, you know, at yeah. their records and stuff like that. You know, I'm partnering up with these bands so that our fans can come together on in one area and, you know, maybe discover each of the different bands. So yeah, I'm working with, um, you know, there's like six bands plus my own at this point in time. And, you know, I kind of think that's where I'm going to stay. I'm nice. focusing digital. I'm focusing digital right now so that I can help push these other bands. Um, again, with the worst business model ever, my, the damaged heart records band camp is a landing site. When you click on each band, it goes directly to their band camp. Gotcha. So when you download their stuff, I'm not profiting from that. Each band is making their own money. So for me, the, the only reason this benefits me at all is if their fans discover my band. I like the model, man. I like that. I know you say it's a crazy business model, but I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. why I like that model because I subscribe to that model. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I do this podcast. I have a few other podcasts I do. I also run a podcast network. And the podcast ah. network for me is the way you're doing your record label. I'm not making okay. money on it. I, I pay for the, the, I pay for everything about hosting everything, but it's about bringing in like-minded kind of creators and content creators and having that thing where like, if somebody comes and sees my show, they'll see some of the other ones, you know what I mean? And yes. vice versa. So, I mean, I'm all for that business model. And I think, I don't know, maybe that's, is that a, is that a generational thing? Is that something that we just kind of evolved, you know? I don't know. It might be. I mean, that's why we got into this in the first place too, is you go to your first punk rock show. And yeah. I mean, I know it's not like that now. There's a lot of, uh, you know, elitist attitude currently. And there's, there's a lot of infighting within the, you know, punk crews. But when we would go to a punk rock show, like it didn't matter if you showed up with your Liberty Spikes. It didn't matter if you showed up with your tattoos. It didn't matter if you showed up with your freaking pencil pocket. Yeah. I mean, somebody might give you a little shit for it, you know, for, you know, but you were still welcome. And it was yeah, still you got the respect for being there. Like, hey, oh, at least yes. you came, right? Exactly. And, you know, everybody was accepted. And it's that community attitude that, you know, I want to continue with. I agree. I want, I wholeheartedly agree. And that's, I think that's why I'm really kind of attracted to the things you're doing with this. Um, and definitely checking out a lot of those bands too. And, and, you know, we're telling all of our listeners to check out your band camp and, and, you know, all the bands that you have on, on the label as well. So that's the plan, right? It's the idea is to get them moving. And, and this kind of, are, are we looking at in your mind, do you see future things like, Hey, maybe there's a, a stage at warp tour. That's all the, you know, broken heart stage or the, you know what I mean? Is that yeah, something or is honestly, that, eh, we're, we're let them do their own touring. My big selling point when I hit up these bands was my goal. If I have these bands set up in different geographic areas, like right now I have a band from Chicago. I have a band from Dallas, Texas. I have my band from Portland. I have a band from Rhode Island and a band from Connecticut. So, you know, New England we have set, but what I would like to do is do Damaged Heart Records showcases with the bands, like what Epitaph used to do yes. when they first started out. 
Yes. So then it's a Damaged Heart Records showcase. You have your Damaged Heart Records bands and then maybe like a band that kind of is eyeballing the label or like a local like band that doesn't really have um, much draw yet or something like that. Throw them on the beginning of it and give them a crack at it yes. and have Damaged Heart Records showcases and have them in each geographic area where we have a host band. I love it, dude. I'd be, I'm definitely down for that. I'm going and I'm buying, if you're putting it out, I'm buying the sampler. Remember samplers, dude, yes, you get like your nice. magazines and get the samplers and you'd look and see yeah. who's on there. And it told you what record labels they were a part of too. So you're just yes. like, that's how I remember coming across fat records. And I remember somebody saying fat records and in my head, it's R E C O R D S until I actually yes. read it. And I was like, Oh shit, that's even cooler. Like that's even yes. cooler, man. Um, dude, samplers, that's that's the thing too, man. I love samplers. I love when right. I can discover new bands from that because yeah. I picked it up because I saw the band I liked initially, you know? Right. And that is the one part of my business model that is future is I would like to, you know, have the bands agree and all the bands that I have right now do agree that at some point in time probably kicked me a song to do a comp. Any nice. money that I make off of that comp, I will use to release physical records via the record label. Awesome. Awesome. Dude. You know, that way I can start doing physical stuff as we grow. But right now, everybody knows it's a startup. Like I have a band from Italy, Sunset Radio. Absolutely incredible. They're more on the pop punk side of things where I wouldn't normally go. But I mean, they have one song that could like be right at home on a lag wagon record, you know, and then they have something that could very well, you know, fall into like Blink-182, you know, so they kind okay. of run that. Game. But first off, they are absolutely 100% incredible fantastic band and um just the thought that like i could maybe introduce them to an american crowd just makes me happy because i want this to be a springboard too if somebody if a major record label came and they heard sunset radio on my little label and they're like i want to sign this band i will give you a big old hug congratulations and send you packing that's, yeah. I would love that. I would love to be the band, the, the, the label that got the bands ready to hit the big time. I would love that. That's awesome. I mean, because that for me, it feels like, I know you say it's a crazy business model, but maybe this is what the music like industry needs at the moment. You need to kind of change the model. You have to change it. Things are, are it's just not the way it is anymore, you right. know? Um, so why not have that, bring back the sense of community, right? The sense that the yeah. idea that like, we're not competing, we're all in this together. And that when one of us elevates, like it brings spotlight to everyone, you know? Exactly. That's, that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. Awesome. You're talking about compilation. I want to talk about this. So you put yeah. out a, a benefit album on the, through your, your record label. Yes. Punk, punk for a purpose. Let's discuss this. This is an important kind of benefit album. I listened to it uh, when Trev pushed it on his show, you know, and for listeners out there, make sure to check out that episode as well of the struggling artist podcast. Um, because I'm sure there's, there's a lot of stuff you guys talk about. We're not touching on, on this episode, but right. this is going to be one of them, this is an important benefit album. Uh, 10, 10 tracks on there. Tracks on there. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Every, every band on there, man, I, I hadn't heard of any of them. So like, again, for somebody like me, it was finding treasure. It was like, now I have nine more bands that I hadn't heard before that I can right. now go look at, see what they have, listen to their stuff. Uh, but talk to us about what the benefit album is and the reasoning for it. Okay. So the reason for it in um, the end of January, uh, we got the news that my wife was diagnosed with cholangiocarcinoma. 
Glangiocarcinoma is a rare form of cancer in the bile ducts of the liver. There's intra and extra hepatic. So there's either the ducts inside the liver or there's the bile ducts outside the liver. Hers was the one on the inside of the liver. Mm. Uh, You're looking at maybe 8,000 cases in the U.S. a year. So it's extremely rare. And the the interesting thing is... um, you don't really hear much about it because um, like a good example, Walter Payton from the bears, he had cholangiocarcinoma and died from that. Oh, but wow. When they announced that liver cancer. It's just pl- plain old liver cancer. could have been anything which sounds normal. Tommy Ramone, Tommy Ramone died from cholangiocarcinoma. Wow. They tell you liver cancer. Wow. So, what causes that? Do you, do you know? I mean, I'm sure you guys looked more into it once you found out what's going on, right? Like, what is the deal? Usually, it's usually genetic. Now, my wife has Crohn's disease really, really bad, mm. uh, which causes the inflammation in, you know, your your liver, your, yeah. you know. My dad has that, yeah. Yeah. So we're thinking that it's kind of related to the bad Crohn's that she had and mm. a predisposition to it. Uh, there's a lot of other things to look into as well. Um, so it's it's probably just a predisposition. Gotcha. But again, with it being extremely, extremely rare. And um, so there's really only one curative way to handle it. And they need to resect the liver. So mm-hmm. she had 40% of her liver removed. Wow. And then um, she's been on a regimen of chemo since the beginning of May. And we'll be going through that until the end of October. So we stumbled across when we were doing all the research, the Cholangiocarcinoma Foundation. And, you know, they had low fundraising goals and stuff like that just because it's, it's small. You know, not very many people know about it. Mm-hmm. So we figured, again, um, I'm lucky enough uh, that we are financially okay. And um, one of my friends from another label was talking about putting out a comp to benefit, uh, to help us. And I poo-pooed that idea. I'm like, no, we're fine. We're, we're okay. Like, yeah. Maybe revisit this, God forbid. But at this point, we are good. So I wanted to do something to benefit the foundation that would benefit other people and raise awareness because, you know, you're not going to get funding if you don't know about it. So is it one of these things because so they're constantly trying to raise funds, you know, to, to help kind of support more research and, and, and other types of, of treatments? Yes. Um, you know, they're in with, a, a, there was last May, there was a, a drug that the FDA um, approved that was, um, it's, it's not chemo, it's actually um, immunotherapy that was um, approved. And they just, um, in June, they just approved another immunotherapy specifically for this type of cancer. And the foundation has been a major part of getting that done. Oh, and awesome getting the awareness on that. So um, it's, it's good. And um, so just being able to help out and raise the awareness was, was really, really important Uh, that way, you know, more people can benefit in the long run. And um, so it just, I decided what's the one thing that I can possibly do, you know? So I was going to work with, um, with Sam from eight up records um, to do this comp. And then he hit me up with some of these bands and I was, I was working on getting some bands to help him out with his comp. He hit me with some band names that I knew that the foundation was never going to get behind. Mm -hmm. 
that prompted me to kind of curate, you know, the bands that kind of fit my vision of what I wanted to hear. Gotcha. And that prompted me to do the, you know, punk with a purpose. And then in talking with my wife, I'm like, how am I going to release this? It's like, well, shit, I've been talking about doing a record label for 20 some odd years. Let's just do it. Um, so I was just going to release my records and I was going to do the compilation. And then Zombie from Connecticut, this band that I've been friends with for a really long time from Connecticut, mm-hmm. hit me up and said, I really dig this idea and I want to be involved. Um, so because of them, I actually kind of got the cojones to uh, actually reach out and work with other bands. Nice. And that, that's what prompted me to actually make this like a legit thing. So I can't thank them enough for actually believing in like the the idea of what I wanted to do, you know, because of them, I was able to legitimize it. Uh, I'm just going to run, run, run off the list of bands that are on this album. We have original son, oldie yes. Hawn, doc rotten, Eddie and the arsons, the Mixel pricks, Bill Murray and the Zedmores. Awesome name. Uh, yes. Half dizzy Oscar caps Four, uh, obviously Scotty saints and the true believers and Sidera. This is, yes. I'm telling listeners right now to check it out on Bandcamp. Um, and definitely, this is something you want to put some money behind and support. But you're going to get a great album. This is 10 tracks that's just, it's from beginning to end. Like, it's it's one of those where the, the next song, you're like, oh, this is good too. There's not one song where you're just like, okay, next, go to the next song. You know what I mean? I just feel like every one of those tracks coming out is 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 awesome. A couple, couple of them I really, really got into more original sun. Like I had not, you know, so I discovered listening to this. So I was like, let me listen to more of their stuff. Really enjoyed that stuff. Uh, Doc Rotten was really cool. And obviously I like your stuff as well. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to ask you and I didn't ask you yeah. the true believers. Is that a Stan Lee thing? No, it's, <laughs> he used to write no. to his, his, his people, his readers, my true believers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, they, the, um, you know, comic books, like I, I, was never a huge comic book guy. I yeah. was I was hooked on the Infinity Gauntlet series. Oh yeah. So you know I was hooked on that. You know, and of course I like Vigilante Justice. So you know I liked the Punisher and Ghost Rider. Yeah, there so, you go. Spawn. You know I did read some. Yeah. But I, I wasn't. You know I wasn't that. You know that guy. Um. So, but the True Believers kind of came from the whole like playoff of Scotty Saints. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha, and then gotcha. it was also tongue in cheek because uh, I had some a hole at one point in time tell me I sounded like a Bouncing Souls ripoff band. Oh. So, so because what? of that, yeah. So when that Jack hole said that yeah. to me, it was also like a true believers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you might <laughs> you hear know? influence from bands, but there's no ripoff there, dude. He's obviously not listening to your stuff, man. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, let's be, let's be realistic. You know, if I ripped off Bouncing Souls, I've also ripped off Face to Face. But okay, so back to this, the, 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 back to the compilation, Punk with a yeah. Purpose. You're going to want to pick that up on, on Spotify. Um, I love this. This is one of the things, as you were talking about how this kind of went down, it, it just kind of, the thing I love the most, man, is that it always, and I always felt this from my youth, right? Like punk rock that whole thing was always looked at from the adults or from the authority as as like the misfits the miscreants right the 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 subculture the people you don't want to mess around with but my experience has always been what you said you go to a show and it didn't matter what you looked like you were at the show and you were you were supporting a band that everyone else loved you're accepted it's 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 one of these things where 
like you said, you're dealing with this thing. And all of a sudden people are just like, yeah, I want to do something to help out. I want to do this. And I love that. I love the fact that like, it's a, it's an encompassing thing where they, people bring you in. And especially I've, I found to this to be the case, especially when there's something like this, there's a purpose. And I that's why I think I love the name of it, right? Punk for, for a purpose. Cause there's a reasoning that you're doing this. Yeah. Before I go, I wanted to throw this your way. You get a kid that comes to you at the show. Now this is a young kid, right? You're 42. I'm yeah. 43. So we're here. We're in this age, right? This kid comes to you to show. I love your stuff, but I really want to get into some of the older stuff. What did you listen to? What should I listen to? You're telling them these are the bands you have to go listen to. If you really want to get into it, what are you telling them? Oh man, uh, that's, that's tough. I would probably, if they like my stuff, I know they're going to like more melodic stuff. Yeah. So I, I would start them off saying, check out face to face. I would say check out no use for a name. Oh Yeah. Okay, check out Lagwagon. Uh, and then I'd throw in some stuff like Red City Radio. Check out Red City Radio. They're okay. incredible. Um, I would obviously tell them, you, you got to check out The Clash. You Classic. Know, absolutely got to check out The Clash um, and Bad Religion. If they, don't, if they don't know who Bad Religion is, you got to yes. check out Bad Religion. You know, uh, and those would be my main go-tos um, for that. I mean, and then if I knew that they had a little bit more metal leanings, to say Pennywise. I yeah, mean, go to the heavier you know, stuff. Yeah, strung out stuff like that. Okay, okay. On the other side of it, mm-hmm. not punk. What do you listen to that's not punk that people would probably say, "Wait, you listen to that?" Is there anything, or are you just no? I'm hardcore punk to the soul. I I absolutely love Elton John. Okay. Songwriter. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I have a soft spot for Lady Gaga. Okay. Okay. We did a record where it was her on piano and singing. And it was um, was some album she did that it was just her and a piano. And take the pop shit away. She is insanely talented and super incredible. Um, You know, and yeah, I have a soft spot for ABBA. Okay. I'm with you there, man. Ava, I, yeah. I'll do Ava. I'll do Ava for sure. I've not, I've not given Lady Gaga the try, man, because the the over the top poppy stuff. I'm just yes. like, I get it. I know why it's popular, but you know, when you do take an artist like that and kind of strip them down, give them an instrument, and let them use their voice, right? Uh, yes. it uh, it does kind of hit a different way. I'll have to look for that one. Yeah, it's actually really incredible. Awesome, awesome, Scotty. Anything else you want to tell people to to look for? You coming out on shows? Any other bands to look for? Anything else you want to go before we head out of here? Uh, Best thing to do is just go to damagedpartrecords.bandcamp.com. Check out all the bands that I have um, on the roster. Uh, Make sure you check out all of the bands that are on the comp that is also listed there. Some of them are not on my label, but they are absolutely incredible. Um, That's the best way to find all of us. Awesome. Um, not just going to, not just going to push my own stuff. I'm going to push all the other bands too, because again, you know, it's community. Awesome. Awesome. Scotty, thank you so much for joining us on our premiere episode of that time at Bandcamp. Scotty Saints of the true believers. Go check it out, folks, get all those albums and support uh, punk for a purpose. It's super important to make sure that we're, we're, you know, funding some more research into some of these cancer cancer is an asshole, man. I've lost people. I love to cancer. I mean, I feel like anybody listening can say they know or know someone who has. So, um, you know, anything we can do to continue the research that's going to kind of get rid of that as a whole is going to be awesome. So uh, go check it out. Punk for a Purpose, uh, Scotty Saints and the True Believers. Dude, thank you so much. I hope to have you back in the future for any more uh, record releases. Do you want to promote the record label? You got new exciting bands coming out. Feel free awesome. to reach out, dude. I'm happy to promote anything you need, man. Perfect, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. No problem. All right, guys. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>